With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What? Huh? Playoffs. Playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Playoffs. 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 What is going on? It is Sims and Lefko. Oh my gosh. What is this? 96? 96. Benny Logan. And I haven't looked up anything. Oh, man. I haven't either. Stefan Charles comes to my mind. Hold on. Let me think of some other 96s you know, out there. Take all the time you need. Stefan Charles for the Detroit Lions. I think he's 96. Wes Horton. Oh. Urban. Brian Robeson. Yes. Right? Uh, My old Texas Longhorn buddy. Dunlap on the Bengals. Oh, Carlos. He's probably the best one. We only have three more episodes where we can do this. Vance Walker. Well, then we start over again. I got to get Sap, right, for 99. Howard. Jay Howard on the Chiefs. 96. Okay. Uh, and uh, we're going to go with Muhammad Wilkerson. Oh, that's the best one. Yeah, that's the best one. All right, 96, Jay Bromley also. 96. Yep. Hey, good player. Uh, any 96 from Rutgers? No 96 from Rutgers. Well, then what are you going to do today? Not All much. right, uh, before we get going, uh, we are going to be spending about 15 minutes each on the four wild card games that are going on this weekend. We're just going to go in the order that they're being played and work ourselves up to the best game, the Packers and Giants. At Lambeau Field on the frozen tundra. Uh, I know that you're very happy. It's been a nice, calm week for you. Oh. You have less games to watch. That's what I was going to say to the beat. I was going to go, oh, man, I don't got to worry about 20 f***ing teams that suck. Man. I'm so I, glad. I walked over to Sims on Tuesday and I said, hey, can you watch that Browns footage for me? <laughs> um, Are we being serious? No. no. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have um, two stats that I want to get off two things uh, that happened that were in the news um, and that I'd like to get into the games and some Twitter questions from Joshy Washi. Uh, got an update. The update. Old, the old teams with 24 takeaways. We oh. had a question. Someone on Twitter tweeted in and said which teams have 25 turnovers. Well, guess what? Guess who did his research? Me. If you'll remember, uh, all thanks to Reddit, and I went back and I checked it today to make sure it was actually a real thing. Right. Uh, all Super Bowl participants till at least 1996. Okay. So that's 21 years. Right. Have had 24 more takeaways in the regular season. The teams that finished this year with 24 more takeaways, Kansas City Chiefs, 33. Oakland Raiders, 30. Green Bay Packers, 25. Miami Dolphins, 25. New York Giants, 25. And that's it. Wow. So right now, according to those numbers, it looks like it's going to be a Green Bay-Kansas City Super Bowl. Super Bowl one rematch. New England finished with 23. Pittsburgh finished with 23. Atlanta finished with 22. Dallas finished with 20. 
Seattle 19, Houston 17, Detroit 14 takeaways. I know. That was Keith Mooney on Twitter who tweeted in to ask that question. So, so that's interesting. Go. So five teams, Kansas City, Oakland, Green Bay, Miami, and the Giants. Okay, I got one. I'm going to play stat boy for a second. I just, because I know. You got a stat? I do got a stat. Woo, so boy. I'm always, uh, because this was the one thing that I will find no matter what team I was with, whenever they did self-breakdowns. And like at, at Tampa, we had, we had quarter coaches, right? Like, so Gruden, of course, is our head coach, but he'd appoint a position coach to be your coach for the quarter of the year, right? To come up like once or twice a week for the and team. talk to the team, right? To so, keep it new, keep it fresh. Right, and new to make boys. each quarter a different quarter. What's my, and Mike Tomlin might be at once in. He might have been like, he'd call himself like the fourth quarter gangster. And he'd That's come in awesome. and he'd have like just certain things that make teams good in December that he might show on a screen and some highlights. And, and do show these you. coaches actually do the research for they this do. They do. It, they do it all themselves. There's, there, it was like, Sounds like it, a it waste of time. Well, get it was a, a good a way for Gruden to give them the chance to be in front of the room. That's cool. And kind of give be a cut, head play head coach. I was going to say, that's where you see who's head coach material, right? right? So and we had, had Rod Marinelli there, too, so he did it. So you had Marinelli, Tomlin. Tomlin. Uh, probably Monty Kiffin got one of the quarters. Some big names. Uh, we had some big names. And maybe Bill Muir, our, our OC. But one thing I always found common in Tampa and in New England when we broke these things down, one of the biggest determining factors of winning and losing game is explosive plays, right? Mm. It's 20-plus yard plays. You talk about this all the time. Right. Uh, and I just thought it was interesting. So I had, you know, my resident bitch boy, Hershko bitch, uh, look this up. Hershkovitz, but I like Hershko bitch. Um, I had him look it up. So who do you, th- who are, I'll go with the passing first. It's okay. only, it's 25 plus yard passing plays okay. and 10 plus yard running plays. Okay? okay. Who's the number one team with the passing plays? I would say the Falcons. You are correct. Who is number two? Patriots. And they're tied at number one with 42. So I should have said they're both Nailed one. it. You nailed it. Who is three and four and five? Well, it's tough because the Raiders are probably up there, but they're not going to be there anymore. They're not there anyways. Really? No, they're sixth. Oh, my God. I've always wanted to say this, guys. Hold on. Let me just pull up the teams <laughs> yeah, so pull up I the can teams. see this. Hold on. Hold on. Let me just pull up the this. teams. Let me just pull up the teams. Um, okay. Uh, so, so you got one and two. They both were tied for 42 Plus 25-yard passing plays. These are just passing plays. Just the passing. I'm going to say Green Bay is in the top five. Green Bay is number five okay. with 34 I'm going to say that Pittsburgh is in the top five. They are number three. They are tied at number three with which a team that was surprising Kansas to me. City. No, the Seahawks. Right? Well, but you now what, you think about it, you go... Doug Baldwin deep. You go, well, yeah, you're right. Every time I think of them, they're never efficient. It's Russell Wilson making a big play to Jimmy yeah. Graham or boggling down the field. So that was interesting. Okay, run game. 10-plus yard running play. Miami. Well, you know number one. Come on. Pittsburgh. No. Kansas City. No. Dallas. Thank you. <laughs> See, it's not as easy. I, know, I, well, I didn't scroll down. You didn't get to that team. No, huh? I, I, if, I went through all the <laughs> AFC teams. Uh, so Cowboys, Dallas has won. Right. You, were, you said one of the team that's number two. Uh, Miami or yeah, Miami. There you yeah. go. Number three. Playoff teams. Number three. Ten plus yard Atlanta. running plays. Atlanta. Number three. Number four. Kansas City. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Number five. I don't know. Just tell the me. The Green Bay Packers. So Number this stat six, works out perfectly for the playoffs. It's actually hilarious. I mean, the Chiefs are nine, which I was shocked. I was like, man, the Chiefs have only had 42. Yeah, they need to give Tyreek Hill the ball more. So, yeah, that was, that was surprising. Of course, the Giants and the Lions are the bottom of the Never have Jones. our research lined up more. Do you have something else you wanted to say? The last thing is just a total 
total okay. plays now. Just just go through combining that those two, and we'll get to. The, I'll get the teams off the end. I mean, the Texans are the bottom, the number ten. The Lions are eleven. The Giants are twelfth for most explosive plays out of the playoff teams. Wow. So now, who's at the top of the list for combined? Combined. So I would say Atlanta. They are second. Wow. Yep. Uh, I forget who I said before. So is it New England? No, it's the Cowboys at number one. Cowboys are number one. This is what Atlanta's I number this two. This is what I didn't emphasize to you. I should have. The Cowboys with the 10-plus yard running plays, 72 of them this year. Holy crap. Yes. Second was the Dolphins Hold on. at 56. If you 56. divide that by 16, that means they're averaging like five of those a game. I, they probably are. Uh, wow. That's pretty crazy, right? So, all right, I'll be quick here because this has been long enough anyways. The Cowboys, number one with 96 total explosive plays. Oh, I see what you're saying. Falcons, two with 93. Dolphins, three, which I, I still was surprised. I know that a lot of big plays. Steelers, four. Patriots, five. And they're beating the Packers by one uh, there. So I just thought they were interesting stats. Nonetheless, sorry. Yeah. And my, uh, my random stat actually goes really well. I had one random stat, which is that Matt Ryan – on deep passes, 20-plus yards or more. His passer rating this year was 136.1, which is the highest in the last 10 years. He is also the only quarterback in the NFL this season to not throw an interception in a pass over 20 yards. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I would, I, yeah. I, I'm, right away, I'm thinking of that Eric Berry pass down the middle that got returned for a touchdown. That you, must have been like 18 conversion? yards. No, the one where Eric Perry caught oh, it in the yeah, middle yeah, before yeah. the half and yeah, scored. Probably right around it there. It might have been. That's so funny. Uh, uh, the, the other that's th- the biggest improvement to his year, though, and his career. Well, you were very upset with him last year not taking shots deep and, and, and being a little simple. And right. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast. One thing that I have not heard a story yet, and if the Falcons were to make the Super Bowl, I imagine that it will come up. Who do you interview if the Falcons make the Super Bowl with on the team? You interview Roddy White because he's been there for like 12, 13 years. That locker room sure does look tight with him not being there. Thank I'm, you. I'm just saying. And he was the number one person complaining about Kyle Shanahan. I have seen three major news outlets, MMQB, do sit-downs with Kyle Shanahan and Matt Ryan, where last year you would have thought that Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan hated each other. Roddy White was trying to get Kyle Shanahan fired. That's why, and, and I do think it made the Falcon organization look at Kyle in a different light yeah. because Roddy was a trusted friend of the organization. He's been the guy for but so long. That's why you can, as an organization, you can never listen to players. It got personal to and Roddy White. you know White. what's funny? This is another great transition. Right. All this talk about the Miami trip with the wide receivers. Yes. Let me hear actually your opinion before we get into my little theory. All right. Well, I, I'm not thrilled about it. I mean, I, if I'm the quarterback of the New York Giants like Eli Manning, I'm, I, I'm not happy seeing them there. I thought he handled it perfectly he did. in the public eye. Making the, Making joke, the joke, all that was perfect. Exactly right. Because he, he makes them feel comfortable with it. But, but uh, realistically. Realistically, I would not be happy. I'm like, listen, this is a guy that's, of course, a lightning rod as is. This is an offense that hasn't been very good. And I understand it's their day off. Uh, and all that, so they have the right to do it. But still, it's going to be tiresome to go do that and live that kind of life. I mean, they were up at 5 a.m. in the morning on Monday morning, okay, and then they hung out on the beach all Dumb day. Dumb question. Right. Being up in the, in the, and clubbing at 5 a.m. on a Monday, will that impact you on the next well, Sunday? Well, I mean, I know, probably not. It won't. But it just it might have, you know, listen, maybe. Maybe it affects your practice on Tuesday. I, I have a question, so too. So that's where I just, you know, he's not giving himself the benefit of the doubt. That's the, my bottom line. He drops a pass on Sunday in a big moment. Why are we blaming Odell and not any of the other four? Because Odell's the only one that's big enough to orchestrate that trip. 
He's the and only one know, that probably has Trey Song and Justin Bieber. Or has number. exactly right. So I love Odell. Question? You know that. Uh, what are other teams' players doing on their day off before Wild Card Weekend? Man, are I they mean, watching film? Are they at the facility? I, the majority are. Yes, without a doubt, are going to be at the facility, some shape or form. Let me get a little head start. Let me go see my position coach so he can just give me a few details about what he's seeing on film here so far. I get uh, it if you're the bye week team, but you don't have the bye week. I that's that you was know, surprising. You know what my issue is with the whole thing? Yeah. The Roddy White of the Giants is Victor Cruz. How that picture got out, Victor Cruz is the one that tweeted it out. Is that right? Look at the picture of the guys on the boat. Sterling's chilling shirt off. Odell's chilling shirt off. Victor Cruz is fully suited wearing a beanie posing with a finger. Because who needs the followers? Who's trying to build the brand? Victor Cruz is trying to build the brand. Because let me tell you something. If Justin Bieber was going to be putting the snaps out of, of Odell, you could say, you don't know when that was from. You have no idea when that was from. But because we have Victor Cruz, why did you put that on your Twitter and Instagram? It's, I got DM'd by an NBA player recently mm-hmm. asking, him, asking me to help him with his social media following. Dude is making tens of millions of dollars. He just signed a new contract. I'm not going to say who it is. And has 50,000 Twitter followers. What do you care about your social media presence? That's my big issue. If you're hanging out with the boys and it's truly an off day, why do you need to tell everybody about it? Why not go down there and relax and have a good time? That's my thing. Because Odell didn't put this out. Like If Odell was the one tweeting this out, then I have a problem. To me... Yo, Victor Cruz, you're feeling a little old in the tooth. You want to hang out with the young bucks on a boat. One, everyone's talking about Eli with a shirt off. Why was Victor Cruz in a sweater and jeans with a beanie on, <laughs> I know. I on a boat? It's one of the first things I saw, too. But that's all I'm saying is I've I, just it's been It's a very valid point. Very yeah. valid. If he never put that out, right. it would have never been this I wonder thing. if he got the okay from those guys to put it out. That would and be everyone's saying, can you? yeah, but they're talking about Adderall and someone's smoking a, a blunt. Okay, well, that's Trey Songs who has the weed. And you hear Sterling Shepard saying, no, I can't do Adderall. So they haven't did anything wrong. Oh, is that Trey Songs that has the blunt in his yes, hand? Yes. I saw that this morning. Um, there was another quote that I actually texted you about. Michael Bennett oh, that's right. said on why it's easier to play at home. He said, quote, NFL makes so much money and the accommodations are terrible. Three-star Marriott's. And I said, Sims, like, come on, is this like really a theory? And your response was? My response was, yes, out of all the professional sports, football players get stuck in the worst hotels in all cities. How do you know a doubt. That? Well, I know basketball and baseball, I believe they have a rule that they have to stay in one of the top two hotels in the city. For That's the probably why the Trump hotel thing was a huge issue for NBA teams. Exactly right. So the NFL, it's more club related. The clubs can pretty much there's NFL sanctioned hotels like here's the five hotels we recommend you stay at in the New York City area. Mm. But you don't have to stay there either. You can find whatever and so you, you want. You stayed at some crappy hotels. Yes, I mean we never stayed at a. We never went to a, a big city in Chicago and stayed at the Four Seasons or the Ritz. We never did any of that. So wh- how? What kind of accommodations were the beds big enough? No, for NFL I mean yeah. All, listen, it was a hotel. Three star yeah. Marriott is still very yeah. serviceable. But he's saying, as compared to what he, I'm sure his other athlete friends, yes, and. The other thing you got to take into account it is fifty three guys as compared to baseball. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's like football teams are traveling over a hundred people for these. But games. But also, I would say it's only eight games a year, right? And, and it's also the richest, the richest. And you league make more money the, yeah. than basketball and baseball combined, so that's that would be the issue too. But just more proof: the NFL is the cheapest place ever. And all I cheapest. know is every successful person I've ever talked to in my life has one quote: "You got to spend money to make money." 
And we love the NFL, but uh, they got to start spending that money. Yeah. Uh, Texans Raiders. Let's start off with the first. Actually, excuse me. Twitter questions. Twitter oh, questions. Hello, Twitter. Twitter questions. All right. Well, actually, this goes back to the stat that you just brought up, Lefko. Uh, this question is from Boogie at smashing underscore bourbon. ATL put up 35 and a half. Can you guys please stop talking about Brady MVP and Pat's champs? Why not Ryan MVP and Falcons champs? Just did that on the last podcast. Matt Ryan was in our top three for MVP. Uh, it's hard because... And we never talk about Brady as MVP. Is he kidding me? Who is this guy? Come on, man. I think we talked about Brady for MVP. I mean, we said he could win it in a year. Our, right, our right. top three were... Like, it, we had a top four, if I remember right, to Monday. It was Aaron Rodgers, Zeke, Brady, and, and Ryan. Those right. were the four. Um, no, I think it's interesting. I said this to J. Mike, who's a Falcons fan. It's pretty funny. They have the eighth highest scoring offense in the history of the NFL, mm-hmm. and no one's talking about them. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys are feeling more and more to me like your Tennessee Titans team. Like the regular season 13-3 and three team that loses the divisional round. Well, he'll tell you, right before you came in here, I said, if Dallas wins the divisional playoff game, they will go to the Super Bowl. But the divisional playoff game will be the game. Because it's probably going to be Giants or Packers. And it's just they've had a week off. Last week wasn't meaningful in Philadelphia. And it's bye weeks are tough. Rookies, a lot of young guys. They just don't know what they're in store for for playoff football. They think they know. I hope not because I would really like to see Cowboys Falcons in the championship. Yeah. You're not going to be mad if you see Green Bay. No, if I get Aaron Rodgers, I'm happy. But Cowboys Falcons, I get to test a lot of theories. Sure. I get to learn a lot. All right, next Twitter question. Mike Barr at Seahawks Scout. Hey, Matt Ryan's in the – just to end that, though. I mean, I would vote for Aaron Rodgers. Matt Ryan, I think, is going to win it. The more people I talk to, I really think they're going to vote for him. It's the prevailing notion. Right. right. And, you know, the fact that they had to basically be dependent on to score 30 points a game – for them to win, and they did yep. that. That's a lot of pressure on the quarterback. That really is, and he's done a phenomenal job. I'm very job. happy for him. Yeah. Mike Barr at Seahawk Scout, longtime friend of the podcast. His question is, which under-the-radar player could absolutely wreck the playoffs and take their team all the way through? All right. And then he says, D. Ford. Oh, well, listen, there's a lot of guys on that Kansas City team. I think we both agree. I mean, yeah. Tyreek Hill, is he under the radar anymore? I don't know, but under the radar, over the radar, on the radar, whatever, he can change the freaking playoffs. Um he would be one guy I would look at certainly. What th- underrated player? Under the radar. Yeah. Could, so I'm thinking wild card teams, yep. I guess. Yeah. If we're going to think wild card teams. Man, I'd like to see Devontae Parker keep doing big things. I think he's a guy you could look at certainly if they have success. Anything. But yeah, I, I wouldn't expect that. I would think like maybe guys like, um, you know, the receiver, Eli Rogers for Pittsburgh could be a guy that shows up and has big stats because everyone's going to go, we're going to stop Antonio Brown in the past game. We don't care. Mm. So he might be a guy that pops out there from that standpoint. Uh, you know, you heard me say the Sterling Shepard thing a little bit. I think Sterling Shepard could be a guy that has a big game this weekend because yep. I got to think Dom Capers is going to go, we're I'm not letting Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. beat me. Like, that's not happening. Um, he would be in one guy I would look at. And then, yeah, other than that, I mean, those are the, those are the offensive guys. I mean, hey, the, the defensive guys, I don't know if there's any under the radars there. You know, uh, Jadevian Clowney is certainly capable of ruining that game. Well, your game. guy that we did on the video today, DJ Reader, is a guy that not a lot of people know about. Yeah, DJ Reader, the five technique slash nose tackle for the Texans. Like, the, that'll be big. you got to think the Raiders are going to try to run the ball to yep. help Connor Cook this week. Uh, I also saw a pretty dope tweet that came into the show. 
uh, and it asked us, you know, I'm curious with all these top five quarterback rankings that Sims does, it'd be really cool if you guys collected them and then at the end of the year kind of saw who was Sims's top quarterbacks. Um, and then Fendrick texted me and he said, so I, I don't know what I should do. Should should I compile these? Should I give them someone else? Should I let the Twitter guy do it? And I said, well, Josh, you know, what do you think? Fully expecting he's going to go, well, I'll handle it. And he said, well, I'm thinking about giving it to somebody else at work, but my heart's telling me I should let the commenter do it. I'm just curious. Did you do it? I did not do it, no. Um, so I did it because I knew that Josh wouldn't do it. Wow. So let me give you. That was really good, Laugh Gal. Well, yeah, I mean, come on. Step your game up. So I compiled <laughs> Sims's top five rankings for the year to give Sims's. Is that why you asked me for the document where I've been tracking it? Absolutely. Nah. You're, you're, well, you're, you're, you're real. Sneaky. You're real. Uh, the Jewish grandmothers <laughs> go at it again. Real Da Vinci code over here. <laughs> Uh, so the the quarterback that finished the season with the most first place uh, first votes for you was Tom Brady had three. Okay, uh, Rogers, Ryan, and Cam Newton finished with two. Cam's were early on. Okay, and then you had a number of guys tied with one. Overall, the most points. I even created a point wow. system. I literally did it right in front. And of who them. says I don't like Tom Brady? Man. Man. see, it's just it's amazing. Your number Tell one your friend to eat that. Sh- I will. Your number one overall quarterback, based on your season-long rankings, Aaron Rodgers had 34 points. Tom Brady was two with 24, so a 10-point gap. Well, he missed four games, so he missed four chances to get points in those. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger was number three at 18. Okay. Russell Wilson and Drew Brees were tied for four. Then Derek Carr and Matt Ryan were tied for five. Dak, Cam Newton, Stafford, Cousins, and Luck yes. round out all the guys that had 10 or more points. So they had to be on the list a lot. Let's right. go work out of you, baby. And, like and, and my rankings are not statistically based. I don't sit there and go, oh, let's see the five quarterbacks that no, had the best it's statistics. About, it's about what impresses you, who played well. Who, yes, who played well to the point where they couldn't have won the game without them making those big plays. And, that, and that is honestly not to rain on the Matt Ryan parade. I know that he put up a lot of points. Yes. But I don't think he had to make the crazy game-winning plays of an Aaron Rodgers. I don't. I, I even think Tom Brady was was more. While the systems of the Patriots and Falcons were are both Amazing, equally impressive, right. Tom made like, more physical good plays. Yes, yes, I agree. I mean, I I can't even say the amount of times that I saw Matt Ryan throwing to wide open guys down right. the field. And I don't want to take anything away from him, yeah. but just on these the scale of difficulty, you know, I mean. Taylor Gabriel's running wild. Tevin Coleman's running wild. I, I think of the throwing back to the wide open tight end Austin Hooper. You know, I just there was a lot more easy throws. That's why I, it all. You know, I know that's why it does me. But this is what happens. Two hard. years ago, we listened to people tell us that Blake Bortles was good in the offseason because he had forty five hundred yards. I mean, Jason Cole told us that yesterday. That well, they are trying to get Blake Bortles back to that year, and we sat there and went, that wasn't a good year. He sucked. What happens though is people don't pay attention and the end of the year they go well let's look at the stats that's why Vic Beasley is going to win defensive player of the year because of the sacks that's why Hayward is in the pro Bowl as a corner because of the interceptions we look at statistics but the football if you're going to tell me that the NFL is not a statistic analysis league and all the futuristic stats don't matter then why are we electing MVPs based on statistics I don't know. I'm with you. Matt Ryan is going to get it, and he's had an amazing year. But what Aaron Rodgers has done has been more impressive. Right. That's it. Yeah, I know. It's it's the the thing that will frustrate me forever, this conversation. Because, like, the fact that people don't think New England would have won four Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers at their quarterback is crazy. I mean, it's just just, – 
It's it's amazing. Aaron Rodgers is unreal. Do you, think Josh is gonna, do you think Josh is going to cut out that part is, where I called him out? I no, not, not at all. I'll leave that in. But this yeah. is the analogy I was coming with just as I was watching the game on Sunday night with Aaron Rodgers and him making the plays. I just said, <sighs> man, how can I explain this? Because this is like the most unbelievable thing I'm ever watching. And I just watched the film a little while ago, and I just said. The roll left touchdown. I mean, just so many of the throws. I mean, all the great runs. It's all of it. But I go, this is how I explain it. This, I f- think I came to you it. You figured it out. You figured Aaron, out how to explain Aaron Rodgers' greatness. Aaron Rodgers is Michael Jordan. He's Michael Jordan. Tom Brady's Larry Bird. He's awesome. He's an all-time legend. He's great. And I know the rings thing is what it clouds everybody's brain, but if you just broke it down player to player, Aaron Rodgers is the unstoppable force. Larry's the Larry, like Tom, does everything good, knows how to involve the team, is the ultimate team guy. But also had an amazing team. But also him. had people around him right as well. I mean, he's physically gifted, knocking threes, whatever. Tom's going to knock the open receiver all day long. He's going to hit all those. He's going to make a few unbelievable shots from, from mm-hmm. deep downtown, whatever it may be. But Aaron Rodgers is the guy that, oh, you got everything stopped? Uh, I got the fadeaway J from 17 mm-hmm. in your face. There mm-hmm. you go. So that's what I, I don't so know. So that means that Eli is Clyde Drexler <laughs> and that Philip River, Rivers is Charles Barkley. That's what it is. That's pretty dope. I like that. All right, Texans, Raiders, let's get going. How much time you want on the clock? Uh, let's just see. 15, but I don't think we're going to I don't think we'll need 15 for this okay. one. And uh, we do have a Twitter question about this game. Let's get it. All right, so let me pull it up here. Uh, Undercover Eagle, at Undercover Eagle, he wants to know, what are the legitimate expectations for Connor Cook? Mm. Very good question. Friend uh, of the podcast, might I add, got to hang out with him over the summer. Hey, cool. what's up, brother? What's up? Uh, I think the, the big thing, uh, I'll, let's just start it in this game because that's a good question. I, I, they have to be really smart. The, the one thing that jumped out to me about watching the game on film, the Raiders versus the Broncos, they had like no game plan, the Raiders. It looked like they were just like, oh, we're going to run our normal offense with Matt McGloin, who hasn't played in 15 weeks, and we'll just make it happen. No. Uh, to me... They need to be – Connor Cook, first of all, was surprisingly good in the game. Okay. He was very poised. In fact, he was more poised than Matt McGoin. He was better in the pocket. I thought he threw the ball better. He's got a better presence on the field than Matt McGoin when he came in. I was like, wow, they actually just look better with Connor Cook. And I'm not the huge Connor Cook fan. But to me, this is – they are a typical Connor Cook – Let's spread the field out against the Houston Texans. Let's go, let's go horizontal with the passing game. High percentage. Screens to Cooper. Screens to Cap, Crabtree. Try to keep yourself in situations like that. And then try to do smash mouth power run down the Texans' throat. That would be the best way to manage Connor Cook in my eyes. Awesome. Then hopefully you can do that. You can get him to cheap play action passes, things like that. So it's going to be what I always hear announcers say. Let's get him some completions early to help him settle in. But overall, you liked the way he looked. I did. I thought he made some He made some very impressive throws and some tight looks. He was not overwhelmed by the uh, situation at all. No, and that's a good preparation to play Houston because Houston's probably – about as fierce or maybe more fierce than that Denver front seven. Only right. quarterback to make his first start in a playoff game in the Super Bowl era. Wow. Connor Cook. That's pretty, amazing. Pretty crazy. All right, let me give you some stats just on this matchup. Yeah. Man, are, are these headphones cutting out? I don't know what's going on here. $8,000 headphones. Just kidding. Uh, the last time the Texans faced a rookie third-string quarterback that started the game, they lost. Oh, oh you're right. That's the <laughs> Patriots game. 
Uh, Houston seven and one at home this season. Raiders are six and two on the road this season, but really all their season statistics are thrown out the window, and they've lost their last two games on the road. Uh, what's interesting for me is when you go back to Week Eleven, which is when they played in Mexico, yes. Houston and Oakland. And I know people are saying throw that game out the window because of Derek Carr. And that's really what happened in that game. I mean, Houston dominated that game, yes. and then it was all Derek Carr at the end, which makes me think that this could be big trouble, little China. Right. Brock had one of his best games of the year that year, 26 of 39 for 243, one touchdown, one interception. What The statistics that were really interesting so to me. So funny. That's the best game of the yeah, year. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. He didn't throw for over 300 yards in any game. Uh, Oakland running offense versus Houston, 30 net yards. One and a half yards a carry. It was the lowest of the year. And remember, that was after the bye week, which before the bye week is when they smashed it down Denver's throat. Yes. So Houston dominated time of possession by almost 13 minutes, most by any other game uh, other than the Jacksonville game. Uh, Blake, uh, what's his name? Brock targeted tight end 16 times, 10 times he targeted C.J. Fedorowicz. It's one of only two games this season that Houston scored in every single quarter against the Raiders' defense. However, Carr was sacked zero times. So I have a list of questions for you. I'm going to pick okay, your brain. Cool. Did they have success blocking Khalil Mack in Mexico? Oh, did they have success? Uh, yes, to a degree. It wasn't horrible. Uh, Khalil Mack did not ruin the game for them. Um, man, I wish you would have told me you were going to go back to that. I would have gone back well, and given fine. another look. But, I mean, how do you think Mack and this Houston offensive line? Yeah. Because uh, I feel like Mack has to have a huge game. Mack, uh, yeah, and I think Mack can have a big-time advantage in this game in general uh, because there's not a great, you know, Dwayne Brown's on the other side. The right tackle is the kid from Chris, uh, was it Chris Clark? I just want to make sure I got that name right. It's Chris Clark who used to be on Denver, right? Yes. Yes, it is him. Um yeah, I would be worried about him with speed rushing, Khalil Mack, things like that, regardless. Yeah, I think Khalil Mack is going to have to make some game-changing plays if the Raiders want to win the game in general. Um, can the Texans revive this running game? Yes. Against the Raiders? I do think so. I mean, the, the Texans, first of all, haven't had Lamar Miller healthy in a few weeks, so yeah. that would be a big difference. He's, he is their, he's their most explosive player on that side of the ball. Uh, so I do think they have a big week with him. Um, and in general, listen, the Raiders, the thing that's interesting about the Raiders, the Raiders can get big on the front line if they want. If they want to throw Dan Williams, Justin Ellis, you know, Khalil Mack at one den, and maybe a Mario Edwards or J- J- Jihad Ward, yeah. either way, they can get great size out there. But I still think this Texans offensive line, they got size. They can move people out of the way. Clowney and Merciless, are they going to wreak havoc or no? Clowney and Merciless are going to wreak havoc, but if you made me bet, I say Khalil Mack's going to have more sacks than them uh-huh. because that he's not going up against as good an offensive line as the Oakland Raiders. Now, Clowney might cause more disruption, especially in the run game, but I would say Mack ends up having more sacks. Romeo Cornell, is he going to man up? and force Connor Cook to beat him, or is he going to try and call blitzes? I think he'll be really smart, and I think he's not going to give Connor Cook any stupid one-on-one opportunities like we've talked about. For people that don't know, we uh, the one thing that we really hate is when defensive coordinators give struggling quarterbacks an out by blitzing right. and allowing 50-50 balls to wide receivers. Yes. And both of these teams have the wide receivers to take advantage of yes. those jump balls. Yes. I'm just wondering, yeah, is Romeo going to sit back and say, please throw it on me? No, Romeo. 
Romeo's been pretty smart. Romeo's been extremely creative this year in general. I mean, I've been so impressed with what they've done. And listen, they'll mix in some man. They play a lot of two-man in certain situations with two safeties deep, and then it's man-to-man underneath. That allows the corners to be really aggressive. That'll make life hard on Connor, Connor Cook. But he's got a lot of great, you know, interesting zone combinations as well with Romeo. And man, you know, you've heard me. I know you've heard me talk about, it, but I like that. Those corners for Houston, people just don't realize. Like AJ Bouye. The kid from Central yes. Florida, number 21, when you see him out there, I would think he's the guy that probably sees the majority of uh, uh, Amari Cooper, man-to-man. He has been phenomenal this year. He's definitely been one of the best corners in football. I'll tell you what, Amari Cooper apparently is now demanding the ball. Well, and yeah. he wants to make plays with it, he said. He should, like I've been saying for how many weeks now, they have to find ways to get him cheap. Car- he was wide open a few times in this Denver game last week, and they missed him. I mean, wide open like 70-yard touchdowns. I'm, glad, I'm just glad that Amari Cooper is speaking. Uh, do you have any reason to believe that Brock will play well, and what are the chances that Tom Savage comes in if he has cleared protocol? Well, I think the one thing is, first of all, they had a, we, that's where we have to start this conversation. They have to start Brock Osweiler. Like, last week, you know I think Savage is better, uh, but last week the biggest thing that happened is him getting hurt and not getting the reps again. He needed to play. To have reps. He hasn't played that so much. So you are actually saying play Brock Osweiler. This was the right move this week. I really do believe that. Brock did okay in the game. I watched it. I mean, he he made a few plays. The one thing that, I, that drives Savage has got to become more athletic in the pocket. He's He is very flat-footed. Osweiler is actually probably a better athlete in the pocket. But Osweiler still just misses so many slam-dunk completions. That's what's scary. I got to think Oakland's smart and takes away the tight end. You know, he only feels comfort throwing the ball down the middle of the field because that's the only place he can really throw it consistently accurate. Uh, And I got to think that the Raiders will do a good job of taking that away. Listen, I think Houston's going to win this football game. Me too. But it's going to be really close. And I wouldn't be shocked if, like, a Khalil Mack sack fumble or uh, a Sean Smith INT pick six change the game, and all of a sudden the Raiders win by two or three. But if you're going to put a gun to my head, I think the Ra- the Texans win like 16-13 or 13-10. Yeah. That's my favorite thing that you do is people ask you for a prediction, and you say, if you put a gun to my head, and it's you're willingly taking your life instead of just making a prediction. <laughs> None of us want you to get shot. Yeah, six minutes on the clock. Um, was the running game for the Raiders better with a quarterback under center? Uh, I, you know, I can't say that I noticed it a whole lot. Okay. Yeah, it, nothing else. But they need to do that this week. That's for sure. The one, yeah, they'll, 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 they will. I'm sure they're gonna have a, they are gonna have a game plan to help Connor Cook this week. That'll be the biggest thing, and that could be a good thing for their team in, in general. Was the Raider is the Raiders defense disciplined and sound, or a concern right now when you watch them? Well, it's it's still, taking into account not just the Denver game, but the Indy game in the last few games. Yeah. Uh, Am I sold that they're just going to go in here and put a blanket on the Houston Texans? No, but their defense is playing good enough that's going to make life hard on the Houston Texans in general. Uh, Like I said, I think Lamar Miller can have a good day, but I don't think he's going to just steamroll the Raiders this time around. Uh, Yeah, and and yeah, the the Raiders defense, you know, it's a combination. Like we've been saying all year, it's like they're trying to do Seattle and Jack Del Rio both at the same time, and I don't think they know exactly what they are either. Um, who do you have more confidence in, Brock or Connor? Brock, but just by a little. I mean, it's Brock making his first playoff start too, right? Are you going to enjoy this game? I am. I am going to enjoy this game because I love watching physical football, and these two teams have two fronts that try to kill you. When Oakland has the ball, are you just watching Clowney? For the most part, I'm going to be watching Clowney. And when you're watching the Texans, but are you I, watching Mac? 
Yeah, for the most part, yes. Okay. But the Texans have more people to watch on that front seven than the Five Raiders minutes. do. The Texans are, man, just, you know, if guy Merciless, of course, is a, he's an ass kicker. I want to watch my DJ Reader, who I think has been phenomenal. Yeah. The Heath kid, Vince Wilford. Let's see how he does in the middle. Because they have the size to push him around up there to where he might not be able to clog the middle of the field as normal. How would you attack the Texans if you were the Raiders? Uh, if I'm, I kind of told you that to start with. I think you've got to be bubble attack screens, outsides. outside screens, running screens. So avoid the mess Running the back screens, yes. And then when you go up the middle, go up the middle with your run game, straight ahead, downhill power game. But try to th- make them think horizontal. If let's, get, let's get Merciless and Clowney having to think, oh, wait, i got to stop and go get Amari Cooper on the wide yeah. receiver screen. Oh wait, oh, wait, they play action to the running back, and now they're throwing the screen to the other side of the tight end, or play action to the running back, and they throw the, the, they throw the screen to, the, to yeah. the running You have to do all those things to get your quarterback feeling comfortable. It's like a basketball player. It's nice to see the ball go on the hoop. You know, when they make yeah, that first yeah. free throw, and they go, well, maybe this will get them going. Same thing for a quarterback. You see a few times it just hit the receiver's hand. You go, okay, I feel pretty good. I haven't thrown a ball past the, the line of scrimmage yet, but yeah. I'm four for four for 25 yards. It's really interesting, like from the gambling perspective, perspective when I heard Connor Cook was starting I the Raiders were going to be one of my teams this year in addition to Seattle and Pittsburgh that I thought was wildly overrated in the public yep. and they relied too much on their quarterback play and I went to take advantage but man I really hate having to bet with Brock Osweiler I know um, so I think I'm just going to enjoy this game I don't think I'm going to bet it Scary. Because uh, it's three and a half for the Texans. Three right. minutes on the clock. All right, so who are you We're picking? Done. We're not doing picks at the end. Let's just do it right now. Come on. Or do you I already took Houston. Come on. T- I was taking Houston, You're too. taking Houston, If I too. were going to bet, I would bet on Houston. So just so you guys know, heading into the playoffs, you are three games behind right. Mr. Lefko okay. uh, in the pick segment here. You picked up a game. You went 4-1 and one this past week. What game was uh, did I get? Uh, this week, week 17, you picked the Giants. Lefko picked the Redskins. Ah. Yeah, that was the big one. Yep. Um, yeah, so uh, I think we're done with this game. Uh, I It'll be interesting. I think if you really enjoy football, this will be a game where you watch the trenches, but it's going to be kind of ugly. I would it really is. So. And I, I really think whoever has more yards per carry by the running backs will likely have the Does win. Does somebody take a fake special teams play? Those yeah. are the things I would watch out for this and game. And I think special teams, who do you think has a better special teams? I think the Raiders have a better punter, but Shane Leckler is a good punter. He is a good punter. Uh, and then I think kicker, I don't really know. I mean, Janikowski's pretty damn good. I'm trying to think of returners, too. You know, It is what it is. Your yeah. time is up. Do either of these teams have a chance going forward? No, not anymore. Okay. They don't. All right, Seahawks. Lo- Houston could be like that annoying team that upsets the divisional team and then loses in the championship game, which is I'm a little scared of. Like, I do think they're one of those teams. Like, People have been sleeping on this defense all year. Right, like Houston's a team. Like They could go up to Kansas City. The and- reason I picked Houston, I'm going to end it right here. Yeah. Oakland offense, Oakland defense, Houston offense, Houston defense. They have the only elite group of the four. Yes. That's it. Yes. And they should take over. You're right. Uh, Seahawks-Lions, you got a Twitter question. Scooby-Doo at D5246752929 underscore do. That was real? That was, that's a real Twitter handle. You want to do that one more time? <laughs> yeah. At D5246752929 underscore do. His question on Twitter, are the Seahawks capable of forcing turnovers anymore? It seems as if they won't be able to do a thing against anyone if they can't. I think that's a very fair and honest assessment. Yeah, that's, Seattle that, that's had a 19 takeaways this season. Yep. 11 interceptions, 8 fumbles. You know, and they wasn't impressive by their defense last week in that game against the 49ers. Uh, pass rush is a little concerning to me right now. 
Um, yeah, their they're, they're in, they're inability to make plays in general on defense and the amount of big plays they've given up lately I think is a scary thing to me. I mean, that's, that's really what jumps out to me more than anything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if it's not Cliff Averill or Michael Bennett and Cam Chancellor, who's going to make that big play behind or at the line of scrimmage? I mean, Wagner's amazing. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good players there. But they can't ever seem to get the pick six, the sack fumble, anything like that. And I don't imagine that happening against Detroit either. I really don't. We got multiple questions yeah. about Earl Thomas. Uh, How big has that been? Well, it, it's – I think it's big. The more I watch You're them, starting to notice it more yeah, and more? Yeah, like in that, this game in general. I mean, first of all, I didn't watch the game on film at one time. What's 23 names? Terrell? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I didn't know he was out there. I certainly knew when Earl Thomas was out there. So – that's the big thing in general. Um, so some stats here. Seahawks 7-1 and one at home this season. Uh, the Lions are 3-5 and five on the road. Uh, Seahawks, though, what's interesting is they're 4-3-1 and one versus the spread at home. Huh. So like the Falcons game, they didn't win by enough. The Dolphins game. So I saw that and I went, I wonder what the record of the, home te- of the teams where they played at home. The record of the teams that Seattle played at home combined were 54-73-1. It, it, they got a lot of their wins off the Niners, the Bills, the Panthers, the Rams. They they eke out a win over the Cardinals. Right. Or they lost to the Cardinals. Um, Detroit, the teams they played away were a combined 69 and 59. Huh. What's scary about Detroit, there's a number of things scary about Detroit. Yes. The five playoff teams they played, they lost. Right. Packers, Texans, Giants, Cowboys, Packers, um, Cowboys and Packers in the most losing fashion. Um, The other thing that's really tough for me is the Matt Stafford stat. Uh, I'm trying to remember where I wrote it down about how bad he is. Um, Stafford is 5-45 versus teams with winning record in his career. He's 1-25 on the road Mm. versus teams with winning record. How much of that falls on him? I mean, a little. He certainly had some times and, and little eras in his career where he was, you know, turnover prone, Jay Cutler-esque, where we'd go, oh, it's fourth quarter. There goes Matt Stafford taking a stupid, you know, risk on a play. Uh, also, but my big thing would be of those teams, he's playing how many teams did he play that were winning records on the road? I uh, mean, 25. I mean, just regardless, like it, he's had the lesser team on the field, I would say more times than not against those teams. I mean, there's not been a year in a career where we just look at it and go, "Oh yeah, that Detroit team, they missed out that year." I mean, uh. yeah, they've they've been totally predicated the last seven years on Matthew Stafford and Megatron making it happen. So I don't put a whole lot of stock into that stat. Uh, to that Earl Thomas question, after he's been gone, the amount of points they've been allowing per game went from sixteen point two to twenty four point five. There you go. Um, just from a betting perspective, so the the total that they're expecting for this game is 43, and the the line right now is 8. So if you take 43 divided by 2 and then add 40 each side, that means they're expecting Seattle to win 26 to 17. Um, Seattle doesn't score 26 points that much. I, listen, my first thing in this is I'm going to pick Seattle to win this football game. So we're going to be picking the Seattle. I'm picking Seattle to win, but I'm betting my money on Detroit. Right, and then I, but I would say this. I really tossed and turned with this one, and I, I, I do think there's going to be one upset this weekend, and I would say this is the game that has the chance to be the upset to me more than any. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I think with, Seattle just doesn't look good. No, Seattle's not playing good on offense. In fact, I, I mean – Seattle and what they did uh, last week against the San Francisco 49ers, I mean, 
It was the Russell Wilson show. They couldn't do anything. If it wasn't for Russell Wilson, they don't. That was beat one the of my questions for you. Detroit is thirtieth in sacks. Yeah. Will they be able to take advantage of the Seahawks O line? Um, they're going to stop the run game. But Fendrick heard me say this before the before we started went on air. This is the kind of game where I, I feel like Russell Wilson can take over it. There's no great edge presence. There's right. no great team speed in the front seven. Right. He's going to be able to run around and buy time when things are not there, which most times they're not there. Terrell Austin, defensive coordinator for the Lions, will be all over some of these concepts. He was all over them last week with, with Aaron Rodgers and company. It's the same offense. It's the same crappy piece of except, shit offense. Except with except Russell Wilson's not Aaron Rodgers. No. Well, and the Packers O-line is... Is exactly. Much better than the Seahawks exactly only. right. But and they were they were pressuring Rodgers. A lot of Rodgers' big plays were him escaping wildly. Yes, and and him re- recognizing like right away where he realized like man, there's nothing. So there. So you answer my out. run question. Seahawks haven't rushed for 90 yards in their last three games. No, they're not running against this crew. I don't think there's no way. I think I think the Stevens can make life hard on Seattle. I just think Russell, Jimmy Graham, Doug Baldwin are going to make a few more plays. And I look at Detroit and go to their side of the ball. Right, Detroit's offense, Detroit. I think they can pass protect well enough. They have enough quick passing in to get the ball out of his hand anyways. They need to stay patient with Zach Zenner. That's the one thing. He ran for 63 yards in the first half. They gave him the ball four more times for six yards in the second half. What the f*** are you thinking, It's the second Detroit? week in a row. I know they do. So Are they going to learn it? I, I think Jim Bob Cooter, knowing that he's going to Seattle now, he's going to look at that and go, damn, I can't do the same thing. I think this will be the week they do it. Which, How did he do it the second time? I don't know. It's, it's unreal. I mean, they came out in the second half, and it was throw, 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 six plays in a row. Jim Bob Cooter and Sean McVay did the same thing. They had so, a really good year, and then they crapped the bed in week 16, yeah. week but, 17. But in general, uh, I, it's hard for me to pick not, not pick Seattle at home in like a 1917 game. That's how I see it. Right. Uh, how does Detroit's offense match up with the cover three press bail and what Detroit tries Ooh. to do and Seattle's The cover three scheme. press bail. Yeah, yeah. well, Detroit, uh, Detroit's Detroit got a good blend of everything. Listen, the whole Jim Bob Cooter thing, he's a really good offensive coordinator. The fact that he's being even talked about as a head coach I think crazy. Is, is crazy, right? It's We're talking about a year and a half of like good offense not great just good like not even on the same planet as a josh mcdaniels or a kyle shanahan so i think we need to pump the brakes on that conversation uh but they they got big bodies up front can they handle the quickness of the averils and the michael bennett's michael bennett inside on graham glasgow or yeah. uh lakin tomlinson can be scary because they're he's he's just too quick they're big plotters yes on detroit uh, and then in general, hey, the passing game with Matt Stafford, I do think they'll have ch- opportunities to gash them. They do a good job of making throws horizontally, throwing screens to Golden, Golden Tate, Tate, and then they throw vertical. He is a special screen He runner. is. And then they throw vertical throws down the field to Golden Tate. You know, Ebron. Ebron's going to be an interesting little matchup for Marvin Cam Marvin Jones Chancellor. occasionally deep. Exactly, right. And then, you know, yeah, Torrey Smith part two and um, – Marvin Jones. This really feels like to me, Lions jump out early and I immediately am filled with glee because it's like I don't see the Seahawks coming back. Yeah. It's just how many of those deep passes to Baldwin because he is still killing it. Killing it. How do you look at Baldwin? How do you evaluate him as a wide receiver against this Detroit secondary? Uh if I'm Detroit, the first thing I'm gonna do, I mean, if you're playing man, Darius Slay's going with him. Uh Baldwin is just a really well, really well-rounded wide receiver who has no weakness to his game and has better explosion and yak ability than he's given credit for. Uh, he's not as good as Golden Tate, but he's just a notch below. Um, it's an eight-point line. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. What would have been your What would have been your line? 
My line would have been like Detroit, uh, Seattle favored by four. Three and a half or four. Yeah, right. Somewhere in there. Four and a half, four, whatever. You know, Seattle is the greatest home field advantage in football. There's no doubt about that. I was going to say, is there any way that that really messes with Detroit? Yeah, it will. I mean, there's no way you can prepare for that. It's in Seattle. It's played on a surface that is meant to help Seattle. They're a team predicated on team speed, that surface Lens, lens speed to be even greater there. How does that impact Detroit? What and, are they built on? Yeah, Detroit's a little bit of a more of a size team up front. I mean, they, so that's it's, scary. Right, it can be a little scary. And, of course, with the crowd noise and that team speed, and now, oh, we don't have to worry about our run game too much, and you got Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett just pinning their ears back with crowd noise to give them that extra advantage to get off the ball. That's where it gets scary. And that's really Russell Wilson and that reason right there is why I picked Seattle. But Really, just from a pure football standpoint, I want to pick Detroit. I just don't have the guts to do yeah, it. Yeah, I look at Seattle and Minnesota last year, and I think about everyone Seattle's going to blow them out. Right. And they should have lost the should game. Should have lost it, yes. And I think this team is worse than that team. I would agree. Five and a half minutes on the clock here. Uh, we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, so you're going Seattle with a Lions cover, but I agree with you. They're the one that makes the most sense for the upset. To me, it does, yes. Or Raiders. Right. If you consider that an upset, I, I consider that. I, I guess we're giving away our Giants thing, but what are the Giants? Are they underdogs? Yes. Yeah. By how much? Four. Four. I think. It's rising. That's the best part is I'm looking at these lines. The Seattle is up to eight. Uh, the game we're about to get to is at ten, and I think Green Bay is at four and a half now. So everyone, everyone's betting the favorites. Always. It's, it's pretty interesting. Yep. Um, okay. So... Uh, that Seattle Lions. I'm trying to think if there's anything else with that game. Uh, Lions run the ball. Do you, they'll, they'll be more patient with Zenner, we think. They have the wide receivers to take advantage of it. Detroit, it's really going to be can they withstand Russell Wilson running around? Right. Do you try and rush him or do you just want to contain him? Uh, yeah, to me, I, I, would, I, I would think Detroit can overpower the middle three for Seattle and push the pocket that way and tell Ezekiel Anza and Kerry Hyder or, or Te- De- De- Devlin Taylor, what the hell is Devin Taylor. Devin Taylor on the edge. Yes, tell them not to rush. Just keep them in the pocket. That's where he is least effective. Other thing just to point out for that game, Riley Reef, if he can come back yeah. this week to be the right tackle for the Detroit Lions, that'll be a big advantage to have, a, have him blocking Cliff Averill over there. And the other one is Travis Swanson, the center. They've been starting a rookie at center in Graham Glasgow, who's a good little player. Uh, I actually like when they have Swanson at center and they can move Graham Glasgow to one of the guard positions. Right. That's when I think they were best this year. Uh, but if they can have both of those healthy, especially the center in that environment, I think that could be a, at least a little more advantage for them. The other game that I think is, I, I can't believe this line, uh, Pittsburgh is favored by 10 right now for Miami. Mm. Uh, Pittsburgh is a much better home team uh, than on the road. They're 6-2 and two at home this season. Uh, in the spread, though, they're 4-4 four and four against the spread at home. And in their last four, they're 1-3 against the spread. Uh, Miami is 4-4 four and four away this season. They're 5-3 and three against the spread. And in their last five, they're 4-1. and one. So Miami has been exceeding expectations, and the Steelers have been unimpressive. Um, One quick thing about Matt Moore, people forget this last Patriots game, 
He had a 93.4 rating, threw for 205, two touchdowns, one pick. He played well. Yes. It's the Miami defense that's the issue. Yes. Um, in that 30-15 to 15 win for Miami over Pittsburgh, remember that was the game that they hurt Ben Roethlisberger in which he missed a few games. So it's a great game, but it's also Big Ben wasn't there. But Big Ben wasn't on the field when Jay Ajayi ran for 204 yards. No, he wasn't. Um, and Miami... They've run for over 100 yards in only one of their last six games. Mm. So, And I know they've been banged up a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. What game was that, the Arizona game? What was the 100-yard game they had? They had another 200-yard game two weeks ago. Who was it, Buffalo, Buffalo again? Buffalo, yes, yeah. that's right. Uh, in that game, the last time, Steelers did not have Ryan Chazier, Cam Hayward, Marcus Gilbert. Cam Hayward is still not there. Right. But Ryan Chazier is a huge loss. Yes. Um, and then apparently, as you were saying, so Tewitt uh, came out today and said he's feeling better and he's definitely playing. Right. And Hargrave is fine. Yeah, that's uh, big. Miami. Can they run on this Pittsburgh team all they want? I do think they can. You think they can do it again? I do. Now, to the 200 yards Jay Ajayi point, no. I don't think that. I, don't, I think that will be a little different altogether in Pittsburgh, home stadium. Shazier will be the big thing there, too. His ability to go sideline to Zion. The last time when they played and lost that game, it was Ajayi creasing them between the guard and the tackle and the tackle and the tight end position that really killed them. We're talking about a defense. Not even, not only those guys are we missing, but we got Shazier. You have Sean Davis at safety now. You have Bud Dupree back in the lineup. So true. All those guys. Deion Sims. We've talked about him on podcasts of past as well. He's unbelievable blocking tight end. He does give them that advantage. I think if you're the Dolphins, Moore did throw the ball better at last week. You're exactly right with that because even in that Bills game the week before that yeah. they won, he didn't throw it all that great. No, he had a few big plays. Yeah, he had a few big plays. The rest of the game was kind of shaky. Uh, but and. and- Awful tackling by the Bills. Uh, it was awful tackling. But in, in general, um, I, I think that's got to be the Miami approach, right? I mean, if you're coaching the Miami Dolphins, hey, you certainly feel good about some of your past concepts against that secondary, but I'm playing to protect my defense. That's what I'm doing if I'm Adam Gase. I'm going to run the ball. I'm going to keep the clock going. I'm going to try to shorten the game and not let Big Ben and Le'Veon Bell end up in a track meet against them. If they're not having success with the run, yeah. can Matt Moore move the ball in the air? I, I do think they'll be able to move the ball in the air. Move it enough to win the game? No, I don't. I think that's where the run game will have to be dominant for them to win the game. Um, the, the Seattle, the C, I mean, the, uh, the Pittsburgh, the Steelers secondary has been a whole lot better. Uh, it really is. It's just more athletic in general. And now when you have Bud Dupree rushing the passer, uh, it just adds a different element to that team in general. And there are, because they're kind of more healthy up front, they're allowed to mix and match personnel better. The one thing I say about Miami, this is the one thing people are missing. Steelers don't have a ton of size. We'll see if Stewart's 100%. Hargrave, he's a big guy. He's not a gigantic guy. I've seen him in person. I'm just going to look at his way. He's 6'2", 295. This is Pittsburgh usually stops a run because they're more athletic than you, and they create chaos. And where it's a bad matchup for them is this is an extremely athletic offensive line. Like, Laramie Tunzel isn't going to be like, oh, Stefan Tuitt, you're too quick for me. I can't block you. And Brandon Albert, when he gets to the second level, is not going to be like, oh, man, Lawrence Timmons, you're so fast. I, that's what They overwhelm teams by that times. This is where they won the game the first time around. Their ability to stay on Pittsburgh on blocks. Pittsburgh couldn't get off the blocks to stop it from being a 30-yard game mm. to where we could stop it to be a three-yard when game. When you run like that on a team, and then play them again later. Yeah. 
They're what all they're all in on the run game. That's that, Steelers. Yeah, so the, that's where it can lend itself to almost a perfect formula for a Gase to come out and go. I'm gonna take know, a shot fake, early. Fake Kenny run Stills behind over the, the running back. Yeah, you know, behind the linebackers. Right. You know, fake the run again. Throw a screen over here. Fake the run again. Get an in cut behind the. So what does your gut tell you? Do you think they have success moving the ball? I do think they'll have success moving the ball. I don't think they're going to be able to punch the ball in to score enough touchdowns. I think that's mm. what the big difference is at the end of the day. That's why if you made me go, I'm going to. I think Pittsburgh. Hold on, I haven't talked about okay, Pittsburgh's sorry, offense sorry. yet. I'm doing this. Okay, I do love that. when Sims gives us the on-field player dialogue, like Brandon Albert getting to the second level and talking. Oh, Lawrence Tim is oh, your no, so fast. You're so, like yeah, I mean yeah. That, that's going to get some teams, and that's what gets. Pittsburgh because of that. What were you saying, though, about the Dolphins moving the ball? Do you Uh, remember? I think the Dolphins will be able to move the ball. I just don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to score touchdowns. I think they'll have a pretty good statistical day. Uh, I think he runs for over 100 yards at JHIA. I bet you Matt Moore throws for like 250. Uh, but I just think at the end of the day, they will lose out on touchdowns to Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh, can I go there now or no? I'm going to ask. Okay, well, good. May, let me start. Yeah. So this Dolphins defense, I'm looking up the Steelers defense to see how bad they are against the run, but, man, the Dolphins' run defense is really bad. <laughs> what kind of a game? And, and, and the Steelers' offensive line compared to this Dolphins' front, Yes. how does that match up? Uh, not great for the Dolphins. I mean, the Steelers' offensive line's really pretty special. They have just about everything you want to be a... I mean, you have a David DeCastro who's not going to be overwhelmed by... You think he's like the best pulling guard in the NFL. He's certainly in the discussion. Him, Osamele, and Pitt and and Oakland, and Zach Martin. Martin, Exactly right. Uh, So, I, I... I think very highly of the Pittsburgh O-line and their, their offensive line coach, Mike Munchak. And I think he will have some very well-designed game plan runs against Ooh. this Dolphins team. They're not going to be overwhelmed by this Dolphins defensive front in general. And that's what's scary to me, too. And I think that's where I go into this game going, I think Pittsburgh might have the same freaking approach to Miami Dolphins. I think this game could be like two and a half hours. Because I think they're, they're gonna just going to run at the I think time. they're going to be a little scared of Jay Ajayi, too. I think... Pittsburgh realizes their defense is good, but it's not great. And we've talked about this. This is why they changed the way they've played. Yeah. I think they're going to do the same thing with Le'Veon Bell and company. They're going to go, you know what? Let's smash it down their throat. Let's keep our defensive front fresh and ready to go to stop a Ajayi because we think that's the only way they can beat us if Ajayi runs for 200 yards. Can the Dolphins play man-to-man? No. And they'll, they'll need Byron Maxwell. I mean, I know he's back and better and feeling healthy, but you'll need him big time. I mean, yeah, they're they're they have no playmakers in that back end other than Kiko Alonso and Pascal. How coverage. impressive as I'm hearing you talk about this, how impressed are you with Adam Gase hearing that this is a pretty above average mediocre team that got in over the Denver Broncos? Yeah, I'm uh yeah, I'm extremely impressed. I mean, Gase is just he's he's a tough ass. With creativity, and that's usually... Could it benefit them at all? I saw Gase came out earlier this week and said it was embarrassing to lose that way at home. Right. To lose the way they did to the Patriots. Yes, it will benefit them. I mean, I think anytime you lose like that, it's always like a, a wake-up call to the team. Like, oh, gosh, we... Yeah, so we they do wanna... that. Steelers have all their backups, and they go to overtime right. with Cleveland. And, and Miami didn't go all in on that game against New England either. They, they, they rotated. Like, Dominican Sue was in and out of the game. He wasn't in there always in the most crucial situation. So they were smart with who they played and didn't play either. Uh, Big Ben, what kind of a success do you think they have in the air? I think Big Ben is going to... 
he'll probably only have like 240 yards passing, but it'll probably, I'm going to say it's, it's going to be on, on like 18 completions too. It'll be like run, fake run, 30-yard post route. So here I was thinking 10 points was going to be too much, and you're sitting here going, no, they might blow them out. I think if you made me say this game, I think, I think they win like 27-16 Pittsburgh. That's what I would say. I would say it's like, it's like a 17-10 game, late third, early fourth. Big Ben drives them down to go to up 24-10. Uh, and then Miami either scores a touchdown or tries to go for two or kicks two more field goals, however you want to say it, and Pittsburgh gets a late field goal to kind of win. That's how I would envision the game going. Unless a die goes off. If a die Ajay, goes off, Ajay goes right, off. a die goes off, right. That, that would, that'll be the key to the game. I think you're right, though. I, don't, I think um, it, it's funny. I look around the NFL, and I think people go, Seahawks, Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, they got all the guys, but they've been slowly deteriorating for the last two years. Yeah. And I look at the Steelers, and I, I, they were deteriorating. But now with an athlete like Sean Davis and Bud Dupree, and if Ladarius Green comes back, right, right. they got some, like Ladarius Green's a lot more athletic than Heath Miller. Yes. They have a lot more athletes than they've had in the years past. Um, it, 10 is a lot of points, though. It is a lot. I you know. got five minutes on the clock. Scary. It is scary. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Steelers in that one. Barely, I guess, 27 to 16. Even the D-line. Yeah, I just think this is a D-line in Pittsburgh that's pretty much shown me they're capable of handling anything, whether it be the Buffalo Bills, whether it be the Dallas Cowboys, um, you know, New England they were good against. I can't even think of some of their other big games. And, of course, their division alone has got good D-linemen with the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you looking up their schedule? No, I'm actually looking up kicking because I'm just curious. Uh, Miami was... Man, and they had a bad field goal kicker, too. He was 16-21 this year. Pittsburgh right. was 24-28. And every time I watch Pittsburgh games and I'm seeing your dad and Jim Nance, they're always talking about how hard it is to kick at Heinz Field. And yeah, I and think, that one end zone especially. Yeah, so I, I think knowing that stadium, that's the one thing about Steelers in Seattle is they definitely have a home field advantage. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about, like, their own line. You know, I mean, listen, who's the best D-line Pittsburgh played all year? The New York Giants, they ran for over 100 yards on the New York Giants, and I think then you can run the ball. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Right. All right. All right, let's move on to the game that we really want to talk about because it's awesome. I said Monday that I was a little bit disappointed because I wanted both of these guys to be around um, in the second round because if it was Cowboys, Falcons, Packers, Giants as the final four. That's kind of why I was semi-rooting for Green Bay to lose. So they would go to the six, so they, beat Seattle. Right. And then the Giants could beat Detroit in Detroit. Yeah. And then we could see where it goes from there. This is an NFC championship game caliber uh, matchup. Yes. Uh, Packers taking on the Giants. Uh, currently, uh, so the Green Bay Green Bay Packers are 6-2 and two at home. The Giants are 4-4 four and four on the road. Um, Packers, man, they've won six in a row ever since Aaron Rodgers came out and made that comment. Uh, I'm just going to start asking you questions about this one. Go ahead. The Giants' defense, yeah, they look like the perfect vehicle to be the team that could slow down Aaron Rodgers. I, of yeah. every team in the NFL, right. other than maybe the Chiefs uh, and, and the Houston Texans, who granted it was a snowstorm, but they did slow down Aaron Rodgers yeah. in a big way, the Giants' ability to create pressure and contain with their front four and have all those guys flying around the back end – 
do you think Aaron can still be doing these Aaron things against this defense? Yes, I do, but it's going to be how many of those plays can he make. I think that's going to be the really scary thing. All right, there's, there's a few things. Obviously, this is the first thing I want to say. The, the, the Giants, they have this, this defense where they go big nickel sometimes, and they don't leave Dominique rogers Cromartie at, at uh, nickelback. They put Trevin Wade or somebody else there uh, to play that position. And then they have, uh, I always forget 33's name, but I got it right here. 33, An- Andrew Adams, the rookie from Connecticut, is their other safety. This is a week that that defense shouldn't exist. You make Dominique Rogers Camardi the nickel all game long, and you make Leon Hall the other safety. You play and say, you know what, Mike McCarthy in Green Bay, I'm, I want to see you run the ball. I'm going to put my best secondary out there all game. I don't really think you have the balls to run the ball 30 times to win this game. Why would they not have seven guys back every play? Yes, they, hopefully they will. Now, now th- I wouldn't even blitz Aaron. Now, this is what's scary, though. Well, that's, you can't give him that much time. Exactly. That's what's scary about Aaron. And you're talking about the Giants, who don't have the best pass rush in football. It's very good, but it's not the best. No. Against the best pass-protecting O-line in football and the most elusive quarterback in football. So that alone, listen, I do think the Giants will be able to lock them down at moments, but he's unstoppable with the way he's playing right now, especially at home at this time of the year. So he's going to make plays. I do look at they got to give the ball to Ripkowski. Continue to do that. They, like Zenner last week with Detroit, <sighs> they get away with it. As soon as the second half comes, it just becomes, oh, we've pa- we got to panic. we got to throw it every play. I don't really understand that. Uh, but I do think from that aspect that, yeah, Green Bay is also a tough matchup for the Giants in general from that manner too. Uh, Spagnolo has got to be careful in this game. I think it's almost a game where I would go, don't be too creative. Don't, don't like think you're going to fool Aaron Rodgers on some crazy blitz and leave an area vacated because like he did that to the Redskins last week and he left some people wide open and Kirk Cousins hit a few, but he missed a few too. And I just think he does it to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron's going to hit it. I just look at it and go, if Janoris Jenkins is healthy, him and DRC and all those guys athletically can handle anything the Packers wide receivers do in a man-to-man situation. And then the front four uh, with Hankins and Olivier, I think that while they might not get by Green Bay, they're not going to get pushed by Green Bay at all. No, they won't be pushed. And I I don't see Ty Montgomery running anywhere. Uh, I think they're going to slow down Green Bay. I really do. You yeah. have a question? Yeah, Jordan this? at I am junior underscore XII related to the Giants secondary. Super Bowl His question. Uh, sure. Oh, it was XII. XII. Yeah, it's twelve. Uh, who should Aaron Rodgers be more afraid of, Janoris Jenkins or DRC? And can Jordy Nelson exploit either corner? I mean, Jordy can win with some size against Janoris Jenkins. He'll never, he's never going to get open and really separate from Janoris. It's just not Janoris. The is only like time that happens is in the red zone when Rogers right. scrambles right and him and Jordy have like <laughs> telepathic power. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it is. It's scary. Uh, I, I think, you know, other than that, DRC, listen, DRC's got phenomenal speed. He's not always the best change of direction guy. Um, but I, I would still, Janoris is their best cover guy. I know DRC's made a lot of plays as of late, and he's very dangerous that way. Eli Apple's playing very good as well, too. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, people don't think Eli Apple's lived up to expectations. I'm like, he's been starting since day one. He's on an island a bunch every game, and he got beat like four times this year, and we're, we're saying he didn't have a good year. It's a little unrealistic. Uh, it's because Landon they're Collins at is the other at guy. The end of the year. Right, right. You're exactly right. And Landon Collins is the other guy because. Uh, my man Jared Cook at tight end has become a legitimate part of that offense. And Landon Collins or a Leon Hall can be the kind of guy that can go down and cover him and take that away. Uh, so from that aspect, it's really uh, going to be really interesting. 
Do you want to go to the other side of the ball? Well, my my other qu- yeah. my question and that is, how many points do you see Green Bay putting up on the Giants? Yeah, I would say that the Giants are going to score. No, 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 no. How many points is Green Bay going to put up on oh, the Giants? Uh, I think the Giants. The Packers. I mean, Green Bay. I know. The, I was going to say the Giants are going to give up. I think the Packers will score somewhere between twenty and twenty-four. That might be too there. much for Eli. I but it's really it's really interesting. So let's switch it. Yeah. Can Paul Perkins keep running like he is against the Packers? I, you know, because that's how you keep Aaron off the field, and that's how. And he had over a hundred yards, and he's shifty, and he's boxy, and he runs well, and he's not Rashad Jennings, so he doesn't fall down right away. And the Packers got gashed a little bit by Zenner, and you can run against the Packers. Yep. And Justin Pugh is helping the running game. Can they get the running game going against the Packers? That's the one thing. I mean, Pugh has been, and we might even do that Hidden Truth video tomorrow, uh, because Pugh, when he's been back in the lineup, their yards, every run play is behind Pugh and Eric Flowers. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like too apparent. This is the one thing I took away from the Redskins game. The, we know the offense stinks. The pass offense stinks. I feel like the Giants approached the Redskins game after watching that film going, they basically said, let's like, treat this like a practice for our run game. I really think that's what they did all game long. And they did a lot of good things to the Redskins in the run game. I know it's the Redskins. They're not great on that side of the ball and stopping the run in general. All the that Packers are that but great the Packers either. aren't that great either. Exactly right. The Packers don't have that big guy. They got a lot of good guys, a lot of 285, 290, 295. But you look at the really good run defenses, they got 305, 315, 335. That's no, surprising. Green Bay is eighth in the NFL in run defense. Yeah. Well, and they do it a lot because it's a little bit. Teams misleading. have to score to keep up well, with Well, and their secondary has been banged up and every Everyone's just like, let's throw it on them. Why the hell even deal with that? Yeah. That's the real issue there. That's where the game's going to come down to. All right, so let's get to that. Is Eli Do you think that Odell can get off? Oof. I, if I'm Dom Capers, that's the only thing I'm making sure it doesn't happen. I'm if double, they double carrying. If they double or triple Odell, how much does that help the running game? Yeah, it'll it'll help to a degree. Okay. It will. But what it's going to also do is leave them in some vulnerable situations of Micah Hyde. And Demarius Randall one-on-one with Sterling Shepard or Victor Cruz. That's why I did pick Sterling Shepard to be one of these guys that could have like a sneaky statistical day. Can Sterling Shepard take advantage of that? Because I don't think Victor can. No, I don't think Victor can either. I think Sterling can to have a nice statistical day. But can he like score on those plays? That's the question. That is the big question. And I would say more times than not, no. I would say he can't score on those type of plays. Um, Yeah, I just don't have enough faith. This isn't the 2007-2011 team. This is not. This is not a green. This is a Green Bay team that's going to be told about that all week. They're not going to be caught by surprise with the New York Giants coming to town this time around. Yeah. And I just think with the way Aaron Rodgers is playing uh, and the way they got it rolling right now, their formula, everything. I'm, I think Green Bay wins the game. I'm like, not done with the Giants. Oh, sorry. Offense. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Eli, I saw something today. I don't know if it's true. Um, he's he's seven and zero in his last seven games when he's like the the underdog in the playoffs or something like that. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, he was the underdog in every game of those runs. Just about. Is there any chance? Like people always joke that there's regular season Eli and then there's playoff Eli. Is there any chance that this person becomes a good quarterback again? I, I don't think so. I think he'll have a good game because it's not a very great pass defense, and he has the ultimate weapon on his side. But as a whole. Um, I don't. I don't see it. 
I really don't. You're going Packers like I'm going Packers, though? I, I'm going Packers, How yeah. do you bet against Aaron Rodgers? Exactly right. At Lambeau Field, the way he's playing, I just I don't think that happens this year. Uh, with that O-line and the pass protection they have, and Jordy being healthy enough and Devontae being good enough and the kid 81, Allison, who's enough of a deep threat to where you go, we can't just leave our guys on an island and be crazy all game long uh, because they will get open. They're good enough at least to get open occasionally. Yeah, it's how how are you going to go against that? I'm just I'm not. I say Packers. I'm going to say Packers like 23-19, 24-19 somewhere in that area. So funny. The line right now is four and a half. Is it? Yeah. That's exactly what you just Seems said. Seems as good. If that line gets to five or six, you put money on the Giants. Not you, but would you? Yeah, I would certainly think about it, but yes. But four is right around where you're thinking. Man, four is close, right? So the line that doesn't make the most sense is the Seahawks-Detroit line. I think so. Because when I look at the other teams, Green Bay can put up points. Right. Pittsburgh can put up points. Right. Who the heck thinks that Seattle's going to score eight points, let alone win <laughs> by eight points? Seattle, you know, I just didn't realize because I was doing the Bengals-Ravens game on Sunday – I just didn't realize. Who played the Ravens? The Bengals. The Bengals? Yeah. The uh, 80s band from New Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I used to get that comment all the time. <laughs> the, 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 I, I, just, I didn't realize that Seattle, first of all, Colin Kaepernick and Drawn, Drone or Drawn fumbled the first exchange of the game on their own 18-yard line. Yes. That set up Seattle's field goal. And then the, other, the 32, the running back for San Francisco, fumbled the ball. Harris. Yeah, and they returned it, Dwan Harris, right? And they returned it like 30 yards to set up their touchdown. So there was 10 points off of like a really short field. Yeah. Very disappointing to performance by the Against team. the worst defense in the NFL. Oof. Man. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know where else to go. So what do you think ends up being the most entertaining game? Packers, uh, Giants this weekend? Yeah, I think Packers, Giants. I think Detroit Seahawks would be two. Uh, over and uh, Steelers, Dolphins. You're, you're, it kind of sounds like you're feeling a blowout right now. I mean, I'm a little scared. It's an 11-point 11, 11 win for the Steelers. I'm a little scared of that, yeah. yeah the, reason, the reason it's scary is I feel like we, I've done this with you a lot. The Dolphins can win the game if they control the run, but if that's not going, yeah, what else do what they goes, have? What goes on? And that's kind of what I think about with the Raiders. The Raiders can make this interesting if they can run on the Texans, but if not, is Connor Cook really going to pick apart this Texans defense? I would think not. Right? Yes. I mean, especially when you go and you look at defensive ranks in the NFL – and you go yards per game, Texans are number one. Passing yards per game, Texans are number two. Rushing yards per game, in the last, like, eight weeks, they've been number one. Um, it's yeah. just it's very, very interesting with how it's going to go. And I, I think the Raiders and the Seahawks and the Lions and the Packers are the four teams that relied on their quarterbacks the most this year. Yeah. And I think that that's why Saturday's game is going to be super exciting. Last year. Because it's Russell Wilson versus Stafford. Right. But Raiders lost their quarterback, and the Packers have the best quarterback in the game. Right. But it'll be interesting. Yeah. What were we going to say last year? It's just funny that I think I just picked all four home teams to win the game. So what right? happened last year? We last picked year, all four home teams. And, and all they... four away teams won last year. All four away teams won last year. You and we old... picked all of them. We got we went four and zero last year. And the wild card games, yes, yeah. It was the Packers. Remember in Washington, they won that game. 
Um, here, I'll, I'll pull them all up just so we can right read here. them. Chiefs blew out the Texans 30 to nothing in Houston. Pittsburgh beat the Bengals in the perfect hitting Antonio Brown game 18 to 16. Seahawks won because of the missed field goal by choke artist. Well, what's his name? Blair Walsh. Blair Walsh Project. And then the Packers dominated. The Redskins 35-18. And last so, year, you guys picked the Chiefs to win and the Seahawks to win, so you got that right. You both picked the Bengals to win, and you both picked the Redskins to win. Oh. Looking back at the game picks from Ooh, last we year. Pick, we picked the Steelers, not the Bengals. Uh, you, guys pick, pick the Bengals. you guys picked the Bengals last year. You're stupid. Let's go. Well, then we, we got it against the spread. <laughs> Maybe. And that's the only thing that counts, right? Man. Um, all right, so I'm looking at this year, and I'm going to publicize. Well, we're making our bets tomorrow, but um, all right, Seattle-Detroit is the one that I'm pounding in You're real life. Pounding. Uh, what, fist, fist me. What, uh, what do you got for the tweets? Uh, last question on Twitter, Caesar A. Pion at Bebo Pion. His question, if Seattle wins, how crazy <laughs> is it to think that Green Bay is an easier matchup than the Giants for Dallas? Aren't these two teams the scariest for defense? Or for Dallas. Yeah. I, uh, yes. I, I mean, I would agree with How that. How crazy is it to think Green Bay is an easier matchup for Dallas than the Giants? I would certainly think the Green Bay offense much would rather see. I mean, the Dallas offense would much rather see the Green, Green Bay Bay's defense, defense come into town. Yes. No doubt about that. Um, you have to deal with Aaron Rodgers and that, that bunch there. That's a, that's a, so that's going to be tougher on their defense in general. But, yeah, you're talking about a team that's beat them twice this year in the New York Giants. They're not going to want to see New York roll into town again, especially after a big win beating the Packers in Green Bay. Random team stream alert that I'd like to read. Uh, Richard Sherman is refusing to speak to any reporters other than ESPN's Ed Werder, says the rest of his comments will be made on Twitter. Um, I said this before this season. I am waiting for a player revolt. You, there you go, perfect. 15, 15 I am minutes. waiting for a player revolt to when they all launch their own live streams where after the game, where the, the reporters come over and they say, excuse me, everybody back away, and they get in front of their uh, lockers, and they're going to take Q&A with the fans on live, and they're just going to talk. And the reporters will sit there and they'll write everything down. Because what is the one thing that reporters and media companies have always said about their role? Exclusive access to the locker rooms. Our role. We're the eyes and ears in the locker room. We are the voice of the people. But they're going to go right to the people. And what's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next few years. We're already seeing media companies all over the place not having reporters at games. Every player is going to do their own live stream. And then all reporters are going to be gone. That's my prediction. Adam Lefko, media take of the day. Ten years from now. What do you think about it? I think that's a very real possibility. Imagine imagine a young Chris Sims sitting in his locker with his phone going Facebook Live. Well, he was pretty much doing it. He was going over the local reporters and going right to Dan Patrick. That's true. (laughs) Chris Sims was a a Would never do that. Would never. Would never. But I I think it's very interesting, and I could – and plus, look, it's helping out their own personal brands. Oh, your brand. Yeah. All right, so we are going collectively. um, Houston – all four home teams. We are going Seattle, but that could be the one that goes Detroit. Yes. So I'm betting Detroit. Pittsburgh, we think they're just too strong offensively. And then the last game is Green Bay. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Who would you go with? 
I go with the with the home teams with you guys. Sounds good. <laughs> I hate that we're going four home teams. What unique analysis am I offering? I know. Here? It's, a, it's the one reason I wanted to pick Detroit. Like they, you know, I had to pick my game for text earlier today, and I wanted. To hey, go you home. know what? F- it. I'll pick Detroit. I'll pick Detroit. Oh, he's a trailblazer. All right, for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fedrick. Good night, everybody. Hey, this care. is a great weekend of football. I mean, wild card weekend followed by the national championship on Monday. Monday. It's the second best weekend of football of the year. Behind next week. Next week. Divisional playoffs. The best is You think divisionals are the best? I think it's the best. I think you legitimately have the eight best teams of football facing off. Well, let me just think before we go out. Right now we are saying then that next week is going to be Dallas versus uh, who? Dallas versus it's going to be Bay. Green Bay. Seattle, Atlanta. Seattle, Atlanta. Seattle, Atlanta. And then the other one is Kansas New City home against Houston. And then New England, no, 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 Pittsburgh. No, no, no. Oh, I'm wrong. New England, Sorry. Houston, and Kansas City, Pittsburgh. Right. So I would say if I was going to guess how they're going to do this on television, Green Bay, Dallas is your Sunday night game because uh, you get Green Bay and Dallas. Oh, my gosh. Sunday during the day is going to be either Kansas City, uh, Pittsburgh, which I think is amazing, or that might be that'll be the Saturday night Kansas City Pittsburgh. The lowest one will be Houston New England on Saturday morning, and then Sunday will be Atlanta Seattle. Yeah, I can Oof, see that. That's gonna be dope. That would be good. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace Bye. out.